We're here at SWIFT, a strategic creative agency based in Portland, Oregon. I'm the co-founder. I started SWIFT 10 years ago. I'm also a mom, a wife, a dog mom, and an activist. My name's Liz Valentine, and I'm the CEO of SWIFT. Celebrating the lives, work, and achievements of women around the world, The Drum presents Exceptional Women of the World, hosted by The Drum's America's editor, Doug Zanger. Let's start with three questions. What is the most important decision that people, and by extension, women can make in their careers, and why is that? The most important decision women can make in their careers is to truly understand their worth. And when I say that, it's really owning and being able to articulate the value that you bring to your job and that you bring to the organization and ensure that you continue just to make sure that the value that you bring is something that you can clearly articulate, that you can defend, that you can feel really, really confident in so that you continue to build your career and your reputation and the knowledge base around the value that you bring to an organization. It's improved over the years, but still a long way to go, right? In terms of women really articulating their value. This is anecdotal and observational, and I could be totally wrong, but I feel like there's been really strong momentum, but still a long way to go. Yeah, I think that's a great observation. And my experience with that is, I think, a little different than women in other organizations because Swift is a female-founded company. We have 50% or greater female leadership and representation throughout the company, and the company is 60% women. Mm -hmm. And so as what you will find if you work here is you have a lot of women who know their value Mm -hmm. and are not afraid to, to have strong opinions because they understand the value and the worth that they bring to the organization. And so I think my day-to-day experience at work, um, I see that all the time. And so I've, I've seen tremendous growth there. What's interesting is I do talk to a lot of women who work in other organizations, and, and that is advice that I frequently give women. And it's oftentimes um, advice they've never been given before to really, really clearly think through your value and mm-hmm. what you bring to the table so you can constantly defend that and build upon it. Why do we hold ourselves back? I think fear holds a lot of women back in particular. And I think, and to me, that kind of ties back to, you know, that that important decision and understanding your value. I think if you don't truly know your greatest strengths and what you bring to the table, you can, um, fear can hold you back from having that strong voice and having that strong opinion. I think fear is just, it is something that, that holds a tremendous number of people back in their career. And, you know, and I think fear breeds lack of Mm self-confidence and the ability to find your voice and feel, feel really good about your contribution to an organization and to a place. Got to have a POV. Yes. A very strong POV. Yeah. Was, how would you define a strong POV? It's informed, you know, I mean, I think if, if you're going to stand out in, you know, a meeting or in a, in a group and share a strong POV, you, of course you want it to be informed. You want it to be, you know, in advertising, oftentimes that means it's grounded in a consumer insight or it's grounded in data. It's grounded in a business understanding. 
and so it's got to be informed. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, you know, and that's really just about I think doing your homework. But the other thing about a POV is you can you can be the smartest person in the room. You can have the data. You can have the insights. You can have the business acumen. It's also how you present it and how you hold yourself and how you kind of sell your ideas through. And, and that's, I do a lot of coaching here at Swift in that, is that it's not just how smart you are, it's really owning the room and it's being able to hold the attention of people and represent yourself in a way that is confident and strong that's going to convince people to listen to your POV. What's the biggest praise you've ever received? The biggest praise I've ever received, it was fairly recent, it was last year, and it was, it was a, a CEO within the WPP network. And I was told for the first time in my career in a complimentary way that I was fearless. And I've been told I've been fearless a lot in my career. I could see that. And it's very commonly, you know, historically, I have been told to dial back and actually develop a little more fear. My fearlessness was off-putting or too strong or too aggressive. And so the biggest compliment I I got a year ago from someone I really respect, a, a man I really respect, he said, you know, the, the greatest thing about you is you're just fearless and you have confidence and, you know, you have an opinion and you're not afraid to share it and you do it in such a fearless way that it, it just works. And it was an incredible, really sunk because it, it had never been given to me in a positive way. That's interesting because we often say fearlessness is a positive. I, I, it's rare that I hear that that fearlessness can be criticized. I think for women in business, it can be. You know, I think yeah. oftentimes a lot of the, um, a lot of the, the feedback, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, or direction, or you know, the guidance women get in performance reviews, a lot of those things may be considered attributes in men, but maybe not in women. There's some interesting research around that as well. And I, I think that I think gender plays a big role in if that word is a, a compliment or, you know, or a negative. Let's go to the must list. What is a must do? I guess it depends on who you are mm-hmm. and your personality type. You know, for me, I think um, I am an entrepreneur and I have, I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I didn't listen to it for a good number of years, but you know, for people who do have an entrepreneurial spirit, I would say a must do is to go for it. It's to Mm -hmm. start your own thing. Whatever it is you're passionate about or inspired by is not to let fear get in the way of, of following that, that itch Mm -hmm. or that instinct. It's a powerful itch. It can be a very powerful itch, and it's very scary to go out there and start your own business. There's a million reasons why you shouldn't, and you have to, I think, um, it takes a tremendous amount of guts and grit and fearlessness mm-hmm. to really go there and do it. A million reasons why you shouldn't, but one reason why you shouldn't. That's the one that should drive it, right? Yeah. What is a must experience? A must experience, I think if you are on the agency side, if you work in, whether it's a digital agency, a creative agency, I love to hire people who have client side experience. Mm -hmm. And what I find when I do hire those people is they bring to the table a true uh, deeper understanding of business. They also bring to the table, I think, a real empathy for the pressures that clients are going through, particularly since the recession, you know, and having, having been on the client side, you are typically operating with large global brands, at least, which is the majority of our client base, but you are oftentimes operating in a heavily matrixed organization. There's often politics at play. There's an endless 
endless to-do list. There's limited resources. And it's hard to be a client. And your agency partner has to have empathy for the pressures that you're under as a client and everything that you're managing. And so I think by hiring people who have that client-side experience, we have stronger client relationships because of it, because we do have that empathy and we have that business understanding and we really try and work within the kind of boundaries of that client understanding to service them in a better way. What's a must read? My must read right now is actually a book I'm rereading for the second time. It's Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last. And um, my organization has grown tremendously uh, over the past well, 10 years, but really over the past three years, we've seen a tremendous amount of growth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly when I started SWIFT, I didn't envision creating a, a large organization that's part of a much larger organization. And uh, I was quite young and, you know, you don't really go to leadership school. And so I spent a lot of time reading about how to lead this organization through change. Obviously, the industry is under, is going through incredible transformation, consolidation, and change. You know, political environment, just, you know, the United States right now is just in a really, really tumultuous place. And so how to lead this organization confidently through change and build trust and just the skills to do that is something that I find I have to just constantly work on. And he's a, he has some incredible perspectives and points of view to share on that. What's a must learn? A must learn, particularly for women, is how to negotiate. That's a skill that we really need to teach, actively teach women within the organization how to negotiate. It's not something a lot of women are comfortable doing. And it's not just about your salary. I think negotiation, you negotiate everything in life. You negotiate for your ideas. You negotiate through your relationships. You negotiate certainly for your salary, for promotions. That skill is so critical to success in business. And it's not something that I find a lot of women are comfortable with. And I think it ties back to knowing your worth Mm -hmm. and knowing your value and confidently defending your worth and value, being able to use that and leverage that to your advantage in business. What's the first piece of advice you give to people and especially women on negotiation? Is there like rule number one? Rule number one when it comes to negotiation for me is just you have to know your break point. You have to know your out, you know, when you're out and when you walk away. And if you if you don't know that going into a negotiation, you're not gonna be very successful. You know, you're non-negotiables. And so that's something that when I go into a non-negotiable, it's really it's it's knowing, okay, what am I what am I comfortable giving on? And negotiation is when, you know, two people win, right? And so it's, it's knowing what I'm willing to be flexible on and then what are my breakpoints and sticking to them. What's a question you've never been asked before that you would love someone to ask you and what would the answer be? A question that I've never asked and it's quite surprising is people don't really ask me how did I become as successful as I am, you know, and, and it's something that, you know, I, I realize that, that I have created a tremendous company and I've experienced a lot of professional success But kind of the how, how did I end up here is not something people ask me very often. So how did you pull it off? (laughs) Oh, I give it, I attribute everything to my mother. I have an incredible mother, yes. And she was, has been uh, the most, uh, I would say she's been an incredible role model to me over the years. And my mother, uh, she's, she was a physician. She's quite older now and, Mm -hmm. and retired. And she became a doctor despite every obstacle you could possibly put in front of her. She was raised, had very little in terms of resources. Her parents were not college educated. Her mom didn't graduate from high school. She got a full ride to 
college, full ride to med school, uh, had a tremendous career, was a very successful doctor. So very much an underachiever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, despite all odds, truly. No, and, awesome. and, um, and she always knew her worth. And that's what's really cool about my mom. She was uh, paid half of what her male counterparts were, and she fought for equal pay in a time when women just didn't do that. She fought for promotions because she knew she was incredibly talented. She was very outspoken and she knew her worth and she was confident in her capabilities. And so that was what I was exposed to my whole life. And she always told me, you can do whatever you set your mind to. And so I went into this world thinking that I can do absolutely anything I set my mind to. Yeah, but like in an honest way too, because oh, a lot of 100%. times that's, it's said, but it's kind of like, oh, well. She, well, yeah. she proved it. Yeah, totally. She proved it. Yep. I mean, she came from nothing and had a tremendous career yeah. and um, as did her, her sister. And so uh, I, had a, I had a really incredible role model in that regard. So I, I've never known anything other than I can do whatever I decide I want to do. Here's where I compliment you. There are a lot of very public things. Uh, you'd mentioned the gender breakdown in leadership mm-hmm. here at the agency among staff. There are a lot of numbers and a lot of data that point to a lot of very, very positive things. I will say this, every time I walk into this agency, and I've been down here several times, there is a sense of place here that is hard to describe because there are many wonderful agencies and many wonderful and talented people in this business who work in some pretty cool places. You can have a cool place, but if it lacks a certain feel to it, it renders it moot. I've been here in the summer when the garage doors are open. I've been here in the dead of winter when it's Portland and it's 36 degrees and sideways rain. It still feels there's this sense of oneness here, which is really hard, I think, to capture. And it's peaceful in a way. This isn't, you mentioned it, it's an insane business. This is Mm -hmm. an insane time that we're in. But every time I walk in here, I'm not saying I'm walking into a spa, mm-hmm. but I also don't feel as though that I'm walking into a place where, where the chaos fills the walls. Mm-hmm. So where I compliment you is, number one, obviously the success. Number two, the momentum that you've built and continue to build, but also the sense of togetherness in the space here. I think there's something very special here. So that's where I compliment you. That's lovely. Is that Thank is you. it a little accurate? I mean, yes. Is that, I mean, you get that feel too. I, mean, I get that you're feel here every too. Day. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's kind of an energy and a vitality to this place, an incredible sense of community. And that, I think, is probably what you're feeling when you Mm -hmm. come in. We talk a lot about we love what we do here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the end of the day, we're an incredible, we have such fun jobs. We get to come up with ideas Mm -hmm. for, you know, amazing brands. The brands that we work with are are some of the the most inspiring and incredible brands that you could possibly work with. And we we get to come up with ideas for those brands. And we get to do it with each other. And we like each other. And we get to do it with our clients. And we like our clients. And so I think it's about, I think it's curating, you know, it's, it's who you work with and who you bring in the door and the attitude with which you approach your work every day. And to me, it comes back to just, you know, we love what we do. And it sounds like you feel that when you walk in the door, which is one of the biggest compliments I could get. Maybe that's my new favorite compliment. (laughs) (laughs) You are too kind, but I do speak the truth in that respect. Thank you. Thank you. 
every guest on the show gets a chance to talk for a minute or two about whatever's on their mind. So without further ado, the floor is yours. It's hard not to talk about, I think, a need for us all, whether you're in the you know, creative community or not, to band together and get involved in your community. And that's something that at Swift, we as an organization uh, are very active supporting nonprofits, pro bono clients who couldn't otherwise afford the services of a creative agency. And so we're working with an incredible organization right now, Camions of Care. They are a youth-run nonprofit organization um, that's focused on educating uh, women and providing menstrual hygiene products to homeless and low-income women. And that's just one example of many of the pro bono projects that are going through this organization. But I think the call here and and what I'd love to talk about is just really asking people to find that underserved community that at this point in time may be marginalized by the current administration and do what you can to support them. I think there's a responsibility of the creative community because of the skills and talents that you possess to to communicate and to support organizations that are scared and struggling right now. I think there's a need for us all to band together and put in the volunteer time and um, contribute. We wrap up the show with one last piece of advice or wisdom. What is your last word? The last word for me, and it's actually, I was very, very inspired by Cindy Gallup's closing call to action at the most recent 3% conference around calling women to be the change and start their own organizations. And I couldn't agree more with her. And and it's something that um, I don't think I've actually talked about enough and been vocal enough about just how powerful you can be and the contribution you can have on society when you start an agency as a woman because of the influence advertising has in the world. And so I'm taking, you know, I'm, I'm a compliment to Cindy, but I couldn't agree more with her is if you have that itch, if you have that confidence and you have that inkling to do it, to get involved and start your own agency as a woman. Thank you so much for hosting us down here at Swift in beautiful Portland. I'm partial, beautiful Portland, Oregon. I've been here, God, 25 years. Yep. Where does the time go, right? I know, right? But in all honesty and all seriousness, thank you very much for hosting us and best wishes for continued success. Thank you.